Hey everyone, it's Christine, and this is episode 68 of No Like Trust for Real Estate. This is a special bonus episode. We are taking the week off, and I am super excited to replay one of my favorite episodes with Christine Dierkole. And let me just tell you, this has by far been the most downloaded, most listened to episode of No Like Trust for Real Estate. Take a listen. Christine has amazing pearls of wisdom. Most definitely, she focuses on her mantra, I am, I can, I will, I do. She's one of my favorite people in the world and certainly my favorite Peloton instructor. And she's going to talk all about positive self-talk. So take a listen. Please uh, join me in welcoming Christine Dercole. Did I do that all right? You did it well enough. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that. And oh my God. So great to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I could talk to you for hours, but um, I'm going to just get right to it. Um, <laughs> could you just kind of kick us off and tell us your story, your your ballerina story and sort of how you got here? Yeah. Um, so when I was a little girl, like so many other little girls, I wanted to be a ballerina and they told me that my thighs were twice the size of the other little girls and they wouldn't put me in a short tutu. And so I interpreted that as I am too big to be in front, to be seen, to be lifted, to be loved, to be successful. And that became my narrative as a young girl. And I did everything in my power, everything, all of the self-harm behaviors to whittle myself down, to make myself smaller, to fit into that narrative, somebody else's narrative of what a dancer should look like. And then I I had to give that up, but I moved to acting. And I thought that theater is has got to be the answer. And I auditioned for and got myself into Carnegie Mellon University's acting program. And I thought this must be a sign. I am on the right path. There are roles for everyone at every age, every type, every size. And this has to be the way. This has to be the way. Mm -hmm. And one day I was looking at um, some papers I should not have been looking at. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> I peeked at a um, audition feedback form and it said lots of nice things about my monologues. And then it said that she's a little heavy in the thigh. and it sent me spiraling back down again. Like, how can I not be built for any of my dreams? How is that a thing? How can I have a desire to be on a stage, to tell story, to tell story that inspires and potentially changes lives, but not be built for it? Why is this about my body? Why is this about other people's opinions of my body? And, but I kept trying, I kept trying. I went, I was riding my bike all over New York City from audition to audition and, you know, hoping I'm going to hear something different one day. And finally I, I just, I had too much of it. And I remember um, riding my bike home really, really hard, really, really fast with the other guys. Um, other like just people in the park, like racing people randomly. And I was like, this feels, this feels really good. I mean, it hurt, but it, that hurt felt like, strength. And I wasn't thinking about how my body looked. 
when I was trying to pass somebody on my bike. So I needed a job and I got a job as a bike messenger because I'm like, I'm riding my bike everywhere. I might as well do that. I had no idea the world I was getting into. Um, and the dispatchers had these nicknames for everyone. There was there was one guy named Basuro. <laughs> there was um, Zippo and Speedy and Monster. And then they called me Legs and I didn't like it. And I went to them and I said, can you please come up with another handle for me? And they said, but why? Your legs are really fast. In fact, you should, you should think about racing. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be an actor. I'm not an athlete. I tried it and I won. Oh, yeah. I won a lot of races. And um, I thought, well, maybe, maybe this is what I'm built for. And maybe I don't have to be tiny to be lifted because I'm strong enough to lift myself. Mm-hmm. And it was the only space and time where I wasn't, like I said before, thinking about how my body looked to someone else. And I could be successful because of my body, exactly as it is in my actions and my decisions. Nobody cares what you look like when you cross the finish line first. Nope. They care about what you did. And so this shift of taking the thing that I was so ashamed of, specifically my legs, but my body generally, and becoming proud of it because of what it could do, not because of what it looked like, was a major turning point. And everything I have done since then is really rooted in this idea, this concept that you can change your narrative. I was saying all kinds of things to myself. I am too big. I can never be successful. I will never be small enough. I don't have what it takes to, I am an athlete. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I will see how far I can go. I do have so much pride in myself. And if we could record what we're saying to ourselves all day, and get a transcript at the end of the day and then read that transcript, mm. we would find those prompts laced through everything we said to ourselves. I am, I am not, I can, I can't, I could, I couldn't, I will, I would, I wouldn't, I won't, I do, I didn't. Yeah, I did. Or I did. So let's talk about this because um, you layered a lot in there and so, so there's a lot to unpack. Oh, there's more. There's, there's more. <laughs> I'm sure there's more. Um, I want to get to your mantra. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to, before I get there, I just want to acknowledge um, that w- what you were feeling until that point, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think it's rare. I, I think oh. that no. all of us as women have, have that issue, whether it's your legs or your hair or your chest size or whatever it is. Right. And so we're always told to stay small, be quiet, be polite, like all of this stuff. It's ingrained in us as little girls, especially our, our generation. I think it's getting better. So the fact that you were able to have that a moment in time where you realized that thing that was holding you back was actually your superpower. Yes. Yes. It's just, it, it is mind blowing. And it's, and it's an amazing example for so many women. Cause 
even at our age, we still have that negative chatter and all of our girls, right? Our girls. And I'm telling you, as far as I have come and how much I have changed my story and changed the narrative of my response to myself, when I look in the mirror, those messages that were wired in when we were young, they're still there. Mm -hmm. And they're still all around us on social media. And so I would not say, and this is the thing about self-talk, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm, I've got this under control completely. I think that it's a lifelong process and we, we can become more skilled at managing our inner monologue. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to catch myself. And that's part of what I, part of that is key to what I teach in how to change our chatter is by practicing awareness of what you're saying to yourself, practicing writing it down, practicing changing the words. You can carry that skill into your everydayness and catch yourself in real time. Yeah. And change. That's powerful. And now changing what you say to yourself is not going to change your life. It's not going to cure cancer. It's not going to get you the job. It's going to change how we handle the challenges in our lives. That's key. It is because the way we handle means that it creates better opportunity. You know, it's, it, it changes the outcome. Hey everyone. Do you ever feel like you're juggling too many balls, like kids, clients, marketing, and maybe even your own well-being? What if I told you the key to balancing it all comes down to your daily habits? Your success isn't solely about transactions or mastering the market. It's also about cultivating a life you love. And that all starts with your daily ritual. If you're finally ready to take back control of your time, then do yourself a favor and go to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to get your free and instant app access to our daily ritual. We created this resource to make sure you have the roadmap to transform your entire lifestyle, both business and well-being. So head on over to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to download your daily ritual. After you download it, implement it for 30 days and then come back and let me know how it's changed your life and your business. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Talk about, so your mantra. I am, I can, I will, I do. Where did that come from? You start, you, you seeded it a little bit. So tell us more about how to incorporate it and, and how you use it every day. So it, it, it started, it's wild. It was early two thousands. I was teaching a cycling class and, uh, we had these, it was like, we were finishing the class. It was a big climb and I, put it on these Kodo drums, um, this really, really powerful instrumental Japanese Kodo drums piece. And the room, it was just, it was an inspired class. You know, when you take a class and it's everything the instructor says and the music, it's almost, it's, it almost becomes like a profound theatrical experience and it's not scripted. It's happening spontaneously. And I cued them to turn up that resistance until they thought, I said, turn it up until you think you can't handle it anymore. And then tell yourself, I am, I can, I will, I do, off to the top. And 
everybody erupted and they for the next five minutes to the top of the hill. And for weeks afterwards, people came up to me and they said, I will never forget that class. That was, that I am, I can, I will, I do. That is stuck in my head. I keep hearing it and I would just never forget that class. I said, wow, what's, what, what's in there? There's something in there. And over time, I started to really, you know, think about it. Then I made it my signature. Then I got it on Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, I should just like really explore what this is. And my, um, I've always done a lot of writing. And I, I started to notice that woven into my writing, like I said earlier, if you had a transcript of what you said to yourself all day, you would find those prompts laced in there. And that is what I started to discover when I was writing and then looking back on what I'd written, that those four prompts are our roadmap in our head. Mm -hmm. And we follow the map. We listen to that station, if you will, in our head without realizing that we can change it. And so in my writing, I started to change it. Yeah. And changing the words started to change how I felt. Um, and having studied as an actor and understanding the uh, employing your imagination, I would do writing experiments with myself. Like, let me write a story. Like, what if my life looked like this? And so I was, this is all... It's me, my free time. I'm just writing. And my uh, a previous relationship I was in, I was asked to, um, could I do something with that? Um, she had asked me to take those prompts and could I help her with, um, she was teaching golf to small children. In, and it was a girls empowerment um, camp. and what could I do with I am, I can, I will, I do with these four groups of young girls from, I think it was like five to seven, eight to 10, <laughs> 11 to 13, and then 14 to something like that. And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll tell them a little story, like my ballerina thigh story. And then we'll talk about how they finish those sentences and we'll write sentences with those prompts and then we'll we'll edit them down and, and make a mantra and word shop was born <laughs> and that about word shop that was like over 10 years ago so word shop is a workshop in self-talk where i do exactly that i talk about the concept of talking to ourselves and then there's storytelling based on if i'm being brought in by an organization it will be about whatever themes. Um, like I recently did one for Constellation Energy in Baltimore for their women in IT group. And it was about speaking up and trusting your voice and addressed all of those things that you mentioned earlier. We're brought up to be quiet and to wait, but we're also taught to get out there and get after it. We're taught to be polite, but we're also taught to be 100% that bitch. So how do we navigate how we live our lives, how we behave, how we interact when we're given so many mixed messages? 
about how to be in the world. And so we engaged in self-talk over that idea. And then we filled in our mantras and I made all, I think there was like a hundred people in the room. Every single person shared their mantra at the end. And this incredible thing happens when everybody shares the mantra that they have created. First, there's an incredible, incredible vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And you can feel that I don't really want to do this kind of energy. And as one follows the other, people get more and more brave because they hear themselves and what everybody else said. They hear, I said, that is one of the things I wrote down too. Yeah. And then because there is recognition bouncing all over the room, this relief happens. And I watch the wave of anxiety and anticipation of not wanting to do it to the moment of recognition. Oh my gosh, I am the same. I am the same. That I am the same. Those eight people just said the same thing. Relief in that recognition. Once we are, we take that leap. And this is the point of that process. We take that leap of vulnerability and just go with it. Trust it. We find so much strength. Because we recognize our truth and we recognize it's the same as everybody else's truth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, then when we realize we don't have to pretend that we're more buttoned up and more together than we actually are, we can start talking about what's really going on and then we can start changing what's really going on. Yeah. And I think that that's happening um, with so many women I, since COVID, especially, I feel mm-hmm. like you know, I can't really speak for men, but I can say for women, I feel like, you know, we're talking about the messiness, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about the imperfection and how it's really perfectly imperfect, you know, and you see the rest of this room, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) Don't look under my feet here right now. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I do, I love this, um, movement towards, speaking our own truth and not having shame around it. I mean, you and I were talking earlier. It's like, you know, hell, I talk about the damn hot flashes all the time. Oh, right. We should have no shame talking about that. That's right. You know, Um, (laughs) you know, you see some people respond. If you say something about any of that body stuff, someone might go, Ooh, TMI. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Stop. It's it's not too much information. It's what's really happening. Yeah. It's what's really happening. And we have a right to that. We have a right to not be ashamed. We've been taught yeah. to be ashamed of so many things and of all of the natural processes of the body. And I call bullshit. Yeah. And honestly, it's 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 nothing to be ashamed of. We're normalizing it, you know? <laughs> Funny, we have to normal normalize something that is normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, your competitive cycling. Ooh. So how does your mantra work mm. Like in that moment, you know? Like, I know you've had a lot of struggles in the last year, right? Like, you... You had that crash last August. You just came back. You had a big race in uh, this August. You were just coming back from like, 
that self-talk can really kind of get in your head when you're in that space. If you're in real estate and feeling overwhelmed about staying in touch with your SOI without breaking the bank, we have the solution for you. Introducing Clicks to Closings, our exclusive digital course designed for real estate professionals like you. We understand the struggle of needing a system to connect with your SOI while keeping costs in check. That's why we created this game-changing course. For just a one-time investment of $99, you'll gain lifetime access to Clicks to Closings. It's your comprehensive guide to build targeted email lists, crafting irresistible subject lines, and supercharging your email marketing efforts. Don't miss out on this opportunity to level up your real estate game without breaking the bank. Visit postandbeamcreative.com slash clicks to closings to learn more and sign up today. Talk to us how you prepare yourself, like all of it. Well, I broke my shoulder, collarbone, Scapula was cracked in two places and I broke two ribs August of 2022. So I missed going to world championships because it was three weeks before that. And uh, it was pretty devastating. It was a big hard blow. And I had never broken a bone in my life. Now I got five at once. Yeah. Uh, So having to stop training, having to stay still was incredibly hard for me. Um, and, but I had to reset myself. And when I was coming back and starting to train again, I had to check my ego and remember that I'm, I am starting from zero and I can be patient. Mm -hmm. I will begin Mm -hmm. without ego. And, you know, I got excited in the training process. I got frustrated. I got hopeless. I got hopeful again. And I reminded myself, this is not a linear process. Yeah. It is not a linear process. And all I can do is, is roll with it and be consistent as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, and see what happens. This is, was the key is like, just see what happens. Yeah. Of course, that took me through the fall and the winter and racing started again in the spring and just go out there and see what happens. Taking the pressure off the idea of winning. Now, someone might say, why would you even enter a race without the goal of winning? And I some people have criticized me for this this idea. And no. Sometimes winning isn't about crossing the line first. Sometimes the win is the showing up. Yes. I'm afraid to show up. I'm afraid I'm going to be embarrassed. I am afraid I'm going to fall to the back. I'm going to get dropped. I will be so weak. I was also afraid that I, I, I was afraid of being in a pack again. Yeah, because the crash happened in a in a mass start race, a, a group race, not yeah. an individual time trial where there's nobody else to bump into. And part of how I I guess you could call it let myself off the hook for the new season was to tell myself I'll only do the time trials and nobody else can knock me down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or there's much lower risk because there's a four person team time trial, the team pursuit. And I thought, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And then I'll do the individual things because it's just less risk. Then I got out there 
to a training session. And I remember having all this anxiety about showing up to the training session. Like I could feel the tension in my body. And then I parked my car and I pulled out my bike and I changed my gear and I pumped my tires and I went to the, and I was like, wait, oh my gosh, I'm here. I was on, I just went autopilot and I I found myself on the track and I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Right? We have to give ourselves the chance. Sometimes it happens like that. That was a little bit magical. Um, And then I, you know, slowly began racing again. I'll stay at the back. I'll stay safe. Moving the bar, not lowering the bar, but moving the bar. And we talk about raising the bar, moving the bar in my head and giving myself permission to have different goals in a race, just finish or just try staying up and out of the way for this race. I allowed myself to experiment. I allowed myself to be curious about what was possible. I allowed myself to play. Yeah. Yes. And that built my confidence back up gradually, gradually, gradually. So then it comes to August and it's nationals. And I still, I still don't really know what my fitness, I've been feeling pretty good about it, but I know that there's this other woman who's showing up who can kick my ass. (laughs) She, she, she has respect for her. (laughs) <laughs> and she's so strong. It drives me nuts. Uh, her name is Debbie Milne, and she's an incredible athlete and a beautiful human being. And, you know, this thing happened in my head. She's also very, very petite. She's very, very tiny. And <laughs> I'm like, what is it with the small people <laughs> on the top of the podium being in the front? I was, it was just like ballet days. I'm like, wow. Okay, check that narrative. Check that narrative. This has nothing to do with that. Because often in track cycling, they're looking at like the big girl. The big girl is going to beat the little. This has nothing to do with your size, which is the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. It has to do with fitness. Not just your like physical fitness, your mental fitness. How do you manage your inner monologue? And somebody said to me, You know, if you want to win, you have to want to win. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's obvious, but it landed. It landed differently. And I started thinking about how I was going to raise the points race the next day. And I said to myself, you have got to, if you want this, you have got to When you encounter that moment where you think, oh my God, I don't have anything left in my legs. I can't, Mm -hmm. can't dig any deeper. There's nothing left. Dig deeper. Mm -hmm. When you feel like you are hitting the wall, catch yourself, catch yourself and find a way to push harder and turn that wall into a door. Yes. Go through it. Even if you... Even if you do completely lose it, and you have nothing left and you're tanked and you bunk, give yourself a chance. And I meditated on that and I thought about it and I wrote about it. And so when I got in the race, the moment happened and I dug a little deeper and I pushed a little harder and I believed a little bit bigger and suddenly I'm coming around her and I took the points 
on that specific lap. I did not win the race though. (laughs) That's okay. But my win was how I handled that moment. Yes. It happened a couple of times in the race and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was so, so proud of that silver medal. So proud. And this is why you're so powerful as a coach, because, well, first of all, one of the things you always say, which I love is what if you can, that's like how much is baked into that, right? Right. Like, what if I can like, and the other thing is when you said, you know, sometimes the win is about showing up. I wholeheartedly heartedly believe that because everybody is coming from a different place, whether it's a, a, a physical, um, recovery, right. Postpartum, um, cancer, divorce, whatever loss, you know, and you've got to start from where you are. I am. Yes. We can't figure out, we cannot figure out at all how to get where we want to go unless we know where we are. Yes. And to your idea of giving ourselves permission Mm. is just, that is like step number one. That is so important. We're so hell bent on like hitting the grand slam. You know, you got to get to the batter's box first. Yes. Nothing happens if you don't show up. Yeah. And you have to be present with yourself in that showing up and um, be in the process, be in the the journey of that. Yes. That's my t-shirt I'm wearing today. Begin the journey. Be in the journey. Yeah. Oh, be in the journey. Sorry. Well, it's begin the journey. It is. Be in the journey. Yes. It's both begin and be in. Um, I had, uh, when I started making my t-shirts back like 2012, 13, I had been sitting on the beach and I'd started, um, I was, what is, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Menopause. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Carving to make a block print. Yeah. And I had carved, I am, I can, I will, I do, and started stamping that on t-shirts. I'm going somewhere with this. Yes. And I started carving into this long block, um, begin the journey. And this was my meditative way of, I knew I needed a change in my life at that moment. I needed to do a lot of things different and I needed to begin that journey. And I spent hours carving, begin the journey into this block. and. Uh, I got to the end and I'm looking at it. I'm really proud of it. And I'm like, wait a second, you forgot the G and oh my said God. in the journey. And I said, oh, wow, what a strange, uh, wow, both begin the journey. Yes, but be in, in the journey. Yeah. And my mind, I just like. Yeah, that's, yep. That's mind blowing. And it just, it happened, but you know, accident, um, if there are accidents. And so that's just, that has also become a thing that I have said to myself a million times over. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, okay. So let's switch to Peloton. Mm. Um, and I mentioned this in the beginning, but you know, how, and you might not even know the answer to this, cause I don't think it's conscious for you, but like, how do you actually, like when we were talking last week, I said, I feel like I'm in church sometimes with you, like, <clears throat> you know? And, and, and again, I'm not a churchgoer, but you know, when there are certain people 
who can, you can be in a crowded room of hundreds of people and here I'm on my bike in my basement and you're teaching to thousands of people. And I feel like I'm the only one in the room. How do you do that? Because we're the same. I am talking to you. I am talking to you. We all, every single person on the other side of that traveling red light in that studio is someone who wants things and is someone who is afraid of things and someone who is carrying things, things that they don't know how to drop and things that have been handed to them they didn't ask for. Every single person. So myself included. So I'm looking at that camera, at the eyes on the other side of that camera through that lens. I know we're the same. I don't care what your politics are. There's a sameness in all of us rooted in those things. We all want something. We're all afraid and we are all carrying something yeah. <clears throat> that we might not know how to put down or that we have to carry for a time that we asked for or didn't ask for. And those roots of truth are, are in all of us. I, that's how I see the world. And baked into that idea is to approach our interactions with others, to approach my teaching, interacting with everyone taking class with an attitude of curiosity mm -hmm. instead of an attitude of judgment. We are so quick to judge in this world. Yes. And when we judge, we cut off possibilities. When we practice curiosity, we create possibilities. Yes. And that, that's, that's what that lens that I'm seeing everything through. That I think that's why. I think that's why you feel that. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. <laughs> um, Christine, how do you protect your peace? <laughs> um, I ride my bike. Yeah. Honestly, my, my, I need other ways to protect my peace though, but riding my bike is, uh, even in my basement, my dusty, nasty basement with cave crickets <laughs> <laughs> is, is my haven. Um, also this, this room up here, but bigger than that, um, it's hard sometimes to say no to things, but it is about saying no to things because saying that no is saying yes to something else. Yeah. And I think that one way of protecting my peace is putting the damn phone down. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's some time ago, uh, had messages turned off on my Instagram because while there was a lot of beautiful messages, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I can't, I don't do the work I do to get compliments. I do the work I do to get impact. And while there are beautiful things that are said in those messages and sometimes some very unpleasant things from trolls, um, <laughs> I just don't, I don't need, I, I, it doesn't serve the work I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. And, so, and, and I and the scrolling, the scrolling, the scrolling. Oh, like, I can't tell you, I've gotten triggered by stuff 
And like, you know, when you feel the cortisol and the, just, just from something, somebody said, or a picture, like, yeah, just, I don't need, I just want to sit on my couch and eat the beautiful meal that Mr. Hicks and I made and enjoy a glass of red wine and be present. So that was the long answer. How do I protect my peace is to put away distractions and be present, Mm -hmm. whether that's with the person I love or a friend or in my writing or on my bike. Beautiful. And I love that you turned off the messaging on your Instagram. (laughs) I mean, hey, that's taking care of yourself. That's called self-care for sure. So what is the reward you get from teaching? Oh, gosh. Um, I love, I love being, it's being present. It is the, the, the being in the moment. I love being in the moment of together, whether I can see you or not, of bearing witness to human beings hitting the wall and going through it. Even if I can't see you, I know somebody out there is going through that. And then I'll see, you know, I'll see feedback on other posts, um, stories people share with me about having that moment. And that's incredibly rewarding. That's incredibly rewarding. Um, And I know with messages turned off, I miss messages about that stuff, but there's ways to see things. Um, you know, when people tag me in a story and they're sharing that kind of moment or in person and I'm getting the feedback directly, um, that someone had a shift. That is why I do what I do. I remember being that little girl watching my first ballet before I became a dancer and feeling so moved by this this physical storytelling of ballet. I didn't know what that, that that that's what it was at the time. But as I look back on all of the things I've done in my life and all of the things that I've pursued, the root, the, the driver behind all of my passions has been to be a storyteller. Yes. And in storytelling to inspire recognition and change. I had an acting teacher in high school, Allison, who was a Green Kelly or Kelly Green. And she told us how she was performing in Taming of the Shrew. And a woman came up to her after the performance and said, I just, she was crying. And she she said, I, I just saw my marriage. And now I understand why I need to leave. Wow. She had this moment <laughs> of recognition. And to, to be able to be a part of a mechanism that creates the opportunities for those moments is what has driven me to do all of the things that I do. Now, I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be an actor and then discovered this unknown athlete within me. And now it's wild. I am on a stage Mm -hmm. and I am moving with music and telling stories. Yes, you are. I am doing it on in this uniquely like sort of odd um set of circumstances that that deeply support that mission isn't that amazing like what do you do for a living i'm a spin instructor no (laughs) but i'm not (laughs) 
And use movement as a vehicle to tell story to potentially inspire change. Can you share a story about a student who's, you know, been impacted by your storytelling? Um, I mean, there's there are people who've <laughs> gotten divorced, yeah. gotten married, <laughs> um, spoken up, gotten yes. out of abusive relationships. Um run for political offices. Yeah. Um made major decisions to change the course of their lives. Um a gentleman wrote to me recently who um his wife was very very ill and they were in the stage of realization that the clock was ticking and she had limited time and there was nothing else that could be done. And he said, in that process, I needed to be there for her 100%. And I needed some chunk of time where I didn't think about anything. And he said he found my rides. And he didn't need jazz hands. And he didn't, he just, he wanted straightforward, mindful, but direct exercise. And someone who wasn't going to talk too much. (laughs) And he said for... For months and months and months, every day he went down to the bike and didn't even matter what class it was. He knew what he was going to get when he clicked on my name. Yep. And he, then she passed and then some time went, he was like, he couldn't, he couldn't, and he couldn't even ride as he mourned. Then enough time passed and he started to get back on the bike and feel reinvigorated in taking care of himself. And he wrote all of this to me to say, and now I feel like I'm ready to try someone else. And that, that was so powerful. Yeah. Because I love that he spent all this time with me and being anchored in that messaging helped him navigate through that period of time. And he grew and now can go explore other possibilities. There's no loss in that to me. That's actually an incredible, that's an incredible success of, of a story of growth and um, an evolution. Those are the same thing. Uh, (laughs) And I was so, just so pleased, so, so honored to have, to have him actually even take the time to write that, to share that with me. And, uh, he shared his how his mantra evolved through that process, and um, it was beautiful. That's beautiful. It's a very impactful story to me. Thank you. I love that story. Um, we're going to get ready to wrap up here. <clears throat> I have two more questions for you. Um, the first is, what three things or pieces of advice would you like to leave with our community today? Mm. Well, one, the most powerful thing anyone can say to you is what you say to yourself. Mm. You have the agency to change your narrative, practice writing it, take a word shop. Yes. And develop those skills Two, let's please stop fighting with our bodies and explore instead with curiosity and playfulness. What are we built for? Yes. It's the specific design of your body and your mind are built for something. Trust that and 
Third, remember that in all of our desire to get somewhere else, to make our lives look a certain way, to achieve something, that it's not linear. Life is not linear. No process is. And to be in that journey. That's beautiful. And um, I just want to say there are two additional quotes, Christine quotes that I love. One of them is, you are so much bigger than a smaller pair of pants. Yes. I love that. Yes. And hands on your back. Mm. Yeah. That is amazing. That I, love, I use that. Mm. So good. Um, okay. Finish this sentence. No like trust is. Mm. No like trust is how we should treat ourselves. Yes. And then we can know like and trust out there. Um, where can people find you? Mm. At Instagram, I am, I can, I will, I do. And on my website, Christine, D-E-R-C-O-L-E.com. If you Google, I am, I can, I will, I do. It will also take you there as well. I apparently, I, I have a Twitter, but I'm not really on it. it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name. Um, and I have a TikTok that I'm like, I don't know what to do with. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple things floating around there, but Instagram is where I spend uh, most of my time. Awesome. I mean, and not most of my time, but <laughs> on social media. Your social media time. It's yeah. IG, IG all the way. Thank you for saying yes to us. Thank you for reaching yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for all of you listening out there, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, share, if you like what we're doing, share it with your friends. Give us a five-star review. Write us a little review. We would so, so appreciate it. It goes a long way. And um, till next time, thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.